What's a vertical file? It's a library collection of small publications used to answer questions. On Vertical File, we talk about information and knowledge management in many different fields, covering the practical, the technical, and the philosophical. This is Vertical File by Sutron Global. Welcome to Vertical File. I'm your host, John Connolly. With me today is Patricia Heath. Patricia is a project management professional applying her skills to software as a service development and implementations, workforce management, and HR project management. A positive change agent and servant leader, she thrives on collaboration and helping others be successful. Patricia holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration from Taylor University, her PMP certification, as well as her SHRM or SHRM Senior Certified Professional Certification. So Patricia, welcome to the show. I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about your experience and what you've learned about those fields. How do they interact? Like what's, what is that like? And how can we learn lessons from both of those fields at the same time? Thank you so much for having me, John. I've been looking forward to our conversation on this and it's really gotten my um, kind of, you know, thoughts going on, on these topics. Yeah, I, I pretty much came from the PM background. I've pretty much applied um, the PM, you know, methodologies to about every functional area you can imagine from, you know, marketing, hospitality, um, did some design and development of some software as service projects. And then just by uh, org organization need, I took on the director of Re, uh, human resources for about four years, almost four years, and uh, just loved applying PM methodologies even to HR. And so I, I definitely think I, I'm just a PM at heart. So I think project management methodologies and skills um, are transferable to just about everything that you do. So um, had a good time using those in the human resources area. Yeah, I just think they really do have a lot of crossover with, you know, process design and planning initiatives and archiving data and archiving lessons learned and a whole host of areas. You have your PMP certification. And when did you choose to go get PMP certified? I got my PMP uh, certification in 2017, I believe, um, it's been a while, maybe 16, might've been 16. Um, and, uh, that was after doing a number of projects, uh, like in the hospitality field, event planning, things like that. And then also working on a construction project, a $12 million, um, construction campaign did the, some of the marketing for that but um, mostly the, the financials of that construction and then got my PMP certification after that mm -hmm. and you know here on the show we're all about learning and knowledge information management knowledge management mm -hmm. and one of the reasons I was really interested to talk to you on this show is because I sense that there's a, an incredibly important role for human resources in managing knowledge across an organization. And you've got experience in both of those areas. 
in your opinion, what's that role look like? And, you know, you've got four years mm -hmm. of you know, direct HR directing experience. And yeah, what are some themes that kind of emerge there? Where are the fault lines? Where are the challenges? Yeah, this is really interesting to think through because I mean, with HR, I would, I would kind of, you know, once I got thinking about it, I'm like, what doesn't it maintain? Um, it, it, it crosses, it's very cross-functional. And um, so the data and information and knowledge that you're maintaining just crosses departmental lines and anywhere, of course, you've got your basics that, you know, HRIS systems have done a good job of, of helping out with, uh, you know, your basic demographic information and onboarding and offboarding documents and things like that. You know, there's some really great platforms out there for professional development. But even in that, I see that there's just room for growth um, beyond just, you know, keeping track of your basic one-on-ones and 360 reviews and things like that. I mean, I still think that there's room for growth there for archiving what an employee's career path looks like and, and how do we share that across, um, you know, if they're interested in, in growing across functional lines, you know, how do we share that? There's learning and development plans. Of course, HR also documents and archives all legal proceedings, separation agreements. You know, some, uh, or it wasn't every organization, but HR was very useful and a key player in the COVID reporting and compliance in some organizations. And then, of course, you know, you have your compensation, total rewards, your government reporting, your EEOC reporting um, is done through HR. So, there's just so much data knowledge that is hosted in the HR department, for right. sure. And you mentioned onboarding and offboarding, and I'm very interested kind of in that aspect of things. Like my mm -hmm. background is in libraries. I was a librarian for a long time. I've worked in archives and I'm, I'm very interested in thinking about the knowledge that people have to do their jobs right? How do you manage mm. that? And getting someone who's new to the team, not just acclimated to the team, but help them to learn how they're doing the job. And on the other side of the coin, offboarding, right? Mm. Because if you're maintaining that knowledge well throughout the life cycle of the employee, when turnover happens, that makes it easier to have a short runway to get someone else, you know, who's going to cover that role acclimated and acquainted with everything that the person who's departing does. How do you navigate that in a practical way? Like there's so much information that HR is in charge of. Like, mm -hmm. Does HR have a role there? Is that more like team management? Well, I think every organization is different. Some are much more, you know, operate more entrepreneurial with every, you know, department. I, I think personally, um, ideally, I think it's good to have an organization-wide standard for, you know, what's expected of every, you know, so that every department is onboarding somewhat the same with, you know, with their own personal tweaks. But um, I think you're tapping into something here because historically it's been, you know, it's kind of like the old, you know, medieval, the teller passes on the information just verbally, basically. And, you know, with how, you know, and that worked when there was the 25 year employee that was around and could be that now 
you know, with how mobile people are between organizations, you, you really don't have that luxury a lot of times of, of that person being around for that long of a time to verbally pass this information on. And so I think you're tapping into a real need of, of how do we transfer that knowledge? And I think this is where really good succession planning um, happens. I, I just personally rolled out of an organization and, and, you know, it worked out that for a year almost or nine months, I was able to stay on to basically be that resource to my replacement. And it was, it worked perfectly. However, that was probably more the exception than the rule to have a structured onboarding and offboarding of, you know, you can always, you know, with office 365, for instance, you know, you have the ability to access their files and things like that. Um, so it's not completely lost, but you know, of course, you have to know how to search that. You have to know how to go get something. You have to know it's there. So yeah, the offboarding and onboarding and, and, and having, having a mentor in place, having that, you know, 30, 16, 90 follow-up because, you know, for a whole host of reasons, I mean, you know, many studies have proven that, you know, people are more likely to stay if their onboarding experience is solid and, you know, they really feel immediately a part of the organization. So I do think that there is the need there for a structured knowledge transfer so the person feels safe in their position, feels empowered and, you know, resourced to do their job well right from the beginning. And then having that person that walks alongside them to make them feel that as well, that resource in the organization. It's so key to be able to retrieve whatever information is there. And that's made extremely difficult, I think, by uneven storage practices. Mm -hmm. I talk to people all the time and a lot of them are, I'm like, what are you using? And they're saying SharePoint. I'm like, great, how's that working? And what I found is just anecdotally, the people who are using SharePoint just for their own team, they really, it works for them. But the people who are using SharePoint across teams and functions, it becomes a nightmare very quickly because every team is doing everything differently. The silos exist. Mm -hmm. And how do you break those things down, especially in projects, right? Where you're working across functions, you're borrowing resources, you're going back and forth. So something I'm very interested in is always that pain point right there. And I think that interfacing with HR is incredibly important for project managers because we're managing often resources from all over, right? We're managing people from all over. That's a challenge to know, hey, this person got married and they changed their last name. Absolutely. Did that's something that HR had to, to handle, but like, has that been adequately communicated to the manager? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that just comes into play being able to have a system that you can fine tune of what can you share confidentially? What, what is company confidential? What is department confidential employee specific? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things there too with, with HR as well. I never like to be unable to answer a question. So I have massive, in, in lieu of having a good system, to your point, I have massive Excel spreadsheets, you know, type thing that, that track, 
like positions coming in and out because they change, right? You, you let somebody go in this position and it's rebirthed in a different, you maybe reorganize role responsibilities, but you want to be able to, I wanted to be able to watch that, that employee journey and that resourcing journey of our organization to be able to explain that. Like this is because, you know, people forget if you don't document it, you think you'll always remember, but you don't. And uh, the next thing you know, somebody's in your office going now, you know, what was that? And if you don't have an answer, you kind of look like you don't know what you're doing. So you're right. I mean, it's we've come so far with HRIS systems, but there's still so many um, holes yet to fill of that organization journey um, as far as roles and also who replaced who and how did that happen? And how, what was the impact of budget when we did that? And HR is kind of that repository of yeah. all that information. Yeah. And it's cross-functional. It's organization wide. I like the platform that integrates because it's so important that it needs to be able to work cross-functionally because if you keep those silos there, you've so severely limited the effectiveness, right? Mm. So the, the idea that you can like connect it with an API into something like a human resources system 100%, yes. or into SharePoint, right, can be extremely powerful. And then this becomes like a point of access, right? But honestly, the real thing that we're missing across organizations is strong metadata that can link everything together. So you say, okay, I have a, an employee record that's like a master record with their name and whatever, you know, what's their phone extension, those things that can be linked to subsidiary records that could be, you know, secured. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, this is only, this is, only, this is granular, right? All these things are really important. And I'm looking around at the corporate landscape, you know, from my own limited perspective. And I'm like, this is a big gap. And it makes life harder for HR departments not to be able to have something that truly interfaces in the way that individual departments are working. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, and again, this the, the challenge there, of course, is to be able to communicate to top leadership why this is important, because nobody wants to do this stuff. Nobody can see the value of it initially. Change management function of selling in the why to every layer of the organization. How does this affect you and why, how does it save you work and how does it actually enhance your work? And if you don't have a leader that's kind of getting it and pushing it down, that this is how we're going to do business from here on out, then you don't even have that opportunity to sell it in on the, the lower levels because they're going to they're going to do what their leadership thinks is important. So yeah, I mean, we're talking major major change management, but definitely has an ROI. You need to be able to quantify the loss of information, the rework, the I I it, it, I, I love systems that make accountability there too because you know every time somebody rolls out, it's the new sheriff in town and all of the old things that you, that everybody used to ask for, they ask again, like, I want to do this and see if they get a different answer. Right. So it's kind of nice to know. Um, and that's kind of seen that over the nine months that I've been transitioning, uh, out of my role is, you know, I'll get the email, like, are you familiar with this? And I'm like, oh yes, we've covered that, you know, 
here's my data dump on that. I've already done the research. I've already done the, where if, if I hadn't done that uh, nine months of overlap, they would be reworking that all over again, all that lost time. So yes, I think uh, the integration to all the departments is very vitally important. And you mentioned ROI. It's so tricky to dig into ROI, right? How, like exactly what's the cost for you and then exactly what's the, the return for you um, is very difficult. And I'm exploring that right now, mm -hmm. you know, because like, how do you make that, that pitch? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, if you do it right, you're doing surveys on, you know, getting feedback on how many hours people think, then you're, you know, coming up with suppositions, hypotheses on it and, you know, quantifying it that way. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'm a big, I probably do too much, but like I say, I, I am the type of person that I don't want somebody walking in my office asking me a question I don't know. So um, I'm like turning emails into PDFs and storing them in files and, you know, on, on topics. That type of process can be, <laughs> can be made better. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. And I think there are lots of options out there, right? There are tools mm -hmm. that are helping to make things better. They're trying. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, corporate librarianship took a giant hit 20 years ago. And now organizations are kind of feeling the pain of not having people on staff who are well-versed in information management, right? Yeah. And a lot of those duties get foisted onto individual departments like HR who mm -hmm. have to, to manage with the tools they've got, right? Excel yeah. spreadsheets or whatever. And then some of that gets shifted over onto IT, you know? And IT has to pick a tool and IT has to put resources behind it. And, and I that, think that's just a function of how big the organization is, whether they have a robust IT department. I mean, yeah. you know, small to mid, some of them are outsourcing and that's just not part of the function. I think it does fall on either business office or HR, largely HR where I was at, um, to archive a lot of that information. Exactly. And then mm -hmm. once it's archived to facilitate the transfer is like so key and you need a knowledge strategy to be able to do that. And that's a whole organization thing, right? That's like a senior management doesn't just need to have buy-in, but needs to understand the value and really push for the change. Yeah. I mean, the first time we talked about this, I, I started to kind of, you know, really get interested in your library science background with the, the whole Dewey Decimal thing. Like, and, and you know, I don't think that was at all where you were going, but that's where my mind went was how can we get this ubiquitous industry-wide uh, language that mm. if I'm the director of HR, I'm going to go into my next organization and they're going to use the same uh, language and uh, of archiving that information. So I kind of, I kind of like was really going off on that in my mind, like, oh, that's just lovely to think that you could go from one to the other organization and use the same archiving tools. Yes. And libraries for decades have been sharing resources with common terminology from one to the other, right? Mm -hmm. Those, those, uh, electronic records. If you've ever used, you know, a library catalog, yeah. everything's mark record. And some of them let you look at the mark record too. You click a little button, you can see it, but you know, it's got encoding and numbers and linked records, right? Mm -hmm. So 
you can, it's it's like the old card catalog system, right? Where you would pull a card and it would say, this is the title of the book. And then there's an author and you can see that in the author file and you go to the author file, you can then see a list of the books that are in the collection. But you want the flexibility as well to adjust and customize organization to organization. And so you have to be able to do both. Mm -hmm. And information management is really good at being able to do both. It's just a matter of implementing it and centralizing it and then sharing it. That is a thing. Like once you have a, like everyone needs to agree on a standard and then it's like making sure that that's something that gets adopted. It's a human problem. And that's what we've been talking about this whole time, right? It's a human problem. Are people going to see the value, right? Are people going to work together? Are people going to implement the change? It's all people the whole way down. It's an interesting conversation for like the, you know, the, um, you know, the Sherms of the world and, uh, you know, to kind of get that conversation going. If that's a, if that's an of interest to the industry, you know, you, you used to be able to pull open the file drawer right. and see the big files, right? Legal, yeah. you know, workers comp, you know, and it, it wasn't ideal because of course you had to thumb through all of that to find what you're looking for. So of course we've made huge leaps on that, but the need's still there to be able to, you know, if you think of HR, you know, there might be a legal proceeding that spans a couple years, you know, several years. Well, if somebody rolls out of position, you know, they're going to need to get up to speed quickly with where do we stand on this? Um, these are important things. <laughs> this is important yeah. knowledge to pass on. So yeah, I think you're definitely seeing a, a need there. It's powerful. It just takes a lot of work up front to get everyone to agree mm-hmm. and then to use it. So those are all like ideas, <laughs> right? These things are tremendously important. I think they're very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of why we are starting this podcast because we want to explore all of those thoughts around everything we've been discussing, right? The onboarding, offboarding, working, efficiencies, return on investment, but standardization helps with a lot of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's the learning and development area um, of wanting to put together those, those kinds of onboarding things specific to your organization, you know, not out of the box type things, but um, develop things that are going to anchor that employee, engage that employee to, to, to their personal experience in your organization and being able to have a good organization for that and access to that. Um, you know, that's another area that is becoming more and more important and focused on of the employee engagement side of it and the employee training and upskilling and um, making those things available to show that you are interested in their development as well. I mean, once I started digging into this topic, it was really, I was like, wow, there's just a lot of work to be done here. <laughs> Patricia, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Really enjoyed and it. I encourage anybody to reach out to me and would love to have a conversation. And what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, on LinkedIn, Patricia Heath. And um, so just maybe DM me there and we can connect. Excellent. Everyone give Patricia Heath a follow. Patricia, thank you so much again, and we're looking forward to the next conversation. This has been Vertical File.
by Sutron Global. If you enjoyed this show, please rate us five stars wherever you find your podcasts. Check us out online at www.sutron.com.